being here. Thank you for your voice on the planet. Um, you know, one of the things that I value is not doing spiritual work that just makes us feel comfortable. Because actually spiritual work that makes us feel comfortable is actually not spiritual work. So, you know, our, our uh, discussion this morning is the invitation to grow spiritually. So um, my experience is the places and spaces that I experience discomfort is typically where I have the greatest possibility to grow. So if you are experiencing discomfort, take a deep breath and trust that you are right where you need to be. So about a year and a half ago, Bodhi Spiritual Center was cited in a white paper put out by Harvard Divinity School as a community that attracts non-religious millennials. And so we have been threaded into this exploration of what is the next iteration of spiritual community in today's society. So this past week, four of us from this community went to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and hung out with the nuns in a convent. It's called Nuns, N-U-N-S, and Nuns, N-O-N-E-S, for non-religious millennials who are committing to building community in this time and space. And I have to be honest, now I was raised Catholic, so I did not expect to see them inhabit. You know, that's what you saw in The Sound of Music. I did not expect that. I knew that that had been lifted. But I will tell you, two days sleeping in a convent, I could not stop thinking about sex <laughs> the whole time. It just was like, geez. I mean, it wouldn't. It was constant. And I could not stop thinking. These women have committed their lives to without physical touch. And then I went home and I did some research. No masturbation, no sex, that's it. So, you know, this was on my mind the whole time I was there. Shortly after those thoughts, my husband would pop in my mind. And then it was sex and my husband in the convent over and over and over again. So the final exercise of us being there was to go on a walking meditation. And they asked us to come back into the room afterwards and share what came up for us during the walking meditation. And many among us shared very deep and profound thoughts. And I said, well, I have to be honest. Sex has been on my mind the whole damn time. And so it was of no surprise to me that I would see this tree on my walking meditation. So I go in and I'm, I tell them, this is what came up for me in my walking meditation, this very phallic tree. And I said, did anybody else see the tree? And this 80-year-old nun was like, I saw the tree. 
And I was like, all right, I'm in good company. So here's the thing that um, many of us may not realize about the nuns. You know, the nuns, the sisters, that's really who they are. The sisters have been on the front lines of social justice issues for decades. They have been the ones that have given their lives to straight focus of their spiritual disciplines. And I want to talk to you about an organization called Network. Did anybody here see the documentary Nuns on the Bus? You should check it out. It's on Netflix. It's fascinating about the work that they do at the level of policy. And one of our uh, community members actually produced a new movie about the sisters called Radical Grace. And it's similar work about what they, did, what they do on the planet. But this is from their website. The nuns exist to denounce injustice and to announce a new way of being in the world. And as I sat with these powerful, powerful women and um, witnessed the devotion and the dedication with which they have given their lives, it is nothing short of inspiring. It is profound to see these women give their devotional energy to the presence of justice on the planet. And as I sort of, you know, periodically would ask them about the whole sex conversation, they would say to me, you know, your sexual energy does not only move through the act of intercourse. And of course, that's what we talked about in February, sexual healing. Being a conduit for sexual energy to move through you. It's the creative life force. It's the thing that propels you into your life's work. It's the thing that has us stir when we see someone move with great fierceness. We feel it over where we are. And that's what they've given their lives to. So today is really an homage to them. It's really a nod to them and their work. And what is it that we are to learn from them? So the invitation to grow spiritually was an excerpt from our Wednesday Wisdom this past week. It's from a woman, a sister named Nancy Sylvester. She founded an institute for communal contemplation, and she was the president of this organization called Network, which has really, again, been at the forefront of policy changes. So she writes, the invitation to grow spiritually is an invitation to embrace shifting landscapes. And I just wonder if you're familiar at all with shifting landscapes. I'm, wa I'm wondering if you know what it's like to live in a time and space of shifting landscapes. You know, my experience is that my life is always shifting. And the greater capacity that I develop to be the shifting landscape, I am to move what I need to move and to move what I need to move in the world. One of the things that the Institute for Communal contemplation exists to affirm is that for those of us who consider ourselves justice workers, it is as important, perhaps more important, to take care of the self. You know, the old model of exhaustion and burnout and immobilization. 
So whatever you are in your world right now, whatever difference you are on the planet to make, I want us to remember the theme for this month as look up. Look up from your work. Look up and care for yourself. You know, when we neglect the self in the pursuit of righteousness, and I mean the high idea of righteousness, when we neglect the self in pursuit of righteousness, we do ourselves a great disservice. So this is what Nancy goes on to say. Action without contemplation can lead to self-destruction. It seems we are in need of God consciousness once again. Opening up to the divine within is an art that needs cultivation. So what is your practice around your own contemplation? What is your practice around your own self-care? Now, I have been very cautious about speaking about self-care in this community because sometimes I think we can take self-care to a whole other level here. And we can get so invested in self-care, we forget that there's something beyond the self. So just check in and see where are you on the continuum. Where are you on the continuum? If you are someone who is out there and you've devoted your life to causing a shift in consciousness through ways of systems and structures, are you making sure that your well-being is made a priority? If you are on that spectrum, deeply invested in your own well-being and have forgotten that the care of your well-being is actually to be of service to other beings on the planet, then you would want to look at that too. See, it's just a continuum for us to see what's the impact I'm here to make. The truth is that you have been birthed at this point in time in history to make an impact. That is true if it was 1917. That is true if it was 1817. That is a universal truth. You are at the right place at the right time. Reverend Vince said that last week. You are the place. So there is a high idea for each of us that we've each been called to birth on the planet. Where are you on that continuum, on that spectrum and what is calling for greater balance in your life? You know, Ernest Holmes talks about the, um, actually the greatest portal to happiness is to get outside of oneself. The greatest portal to happiness is to be of service to other beings on the planet. What has happened culturally is that we have identified as such individuals that that can oftentimes go awry. We can become so consumed with our wants and needs and forget that there's a bigger idea going on here. Yesterday when I led this workshop at Soul Camp, it was titled, You Are the One, Make the Argument. Do you remember a couple months ago we talked about the TEDx talk by Megan Phelps Roper, the daughter of the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church. And if you remember the Westboro Baptist Church, their contribution to the planet is to stand outside of funerals and uh, have signs with very hateful language. 
specifically geared towards the LGBTQ community. And Megan Phelps Roper spent lots of time on Twitter. It was her ministry to annihilate those that are allies or identify with the LGBTQ community. And it was only because of a Hasidic rabbi and his deep and profound commitment to showing up and making the argument effectively that she actually left her tradition, realized, wow, there's a bigger idea of love on the planet, and ended up without a place to sleep and on his couch, the very man that she had called swine and said was going to hell and so on and so forth. So as I shared this with this class yesterday, I said, in order for you to make the argument of the impact you're here to bring on the planet, you would need to get very clear about what your impact is. What's your mission? What, what are you here to be and do? Because no one can do life like you can do life. There is a soul's appointment for each of us to contribute on the planet. And our own orientation around lack and limitation prevents us from being that high idea. So the reason Bodhi Spiritual Center exists is to explore the subconscious mind and to get whatever's in the way out of the way, not so that you can go get a red Tesla, <laughs> although if you can also swing that, good on you, but the high idea is to get whatever's in the subconscious mind out of the subconscious mind so that you can be the greatest gift of generosity you can be. So there's this really brilliant uh, German theologian, maybe you know her, and I apologize if I mispronounce her last name, Dorothy Sole. She wrote a book called The Silent Cry, Mysticism and Resistance. The least to be learned in the tradition of mysticism is that becoming empty in a world of surplus, learning to switch off and limiting oneself are small steps in the liberation from consumerism and that perhaps freedom cannot be imagined without letting go. You know, the practical spirituality movement has learned all it needs to through the acquisition of things. That one's been handled. We got it. You are a creative power on the planet. You can manifest coffee. You can manifest parking spots. You can manifest lovers. There is a higher idea beyond coffee and parking spots. And so the question is, what's the mission that's being birthed through you? What is the unique gift that you are on the planet to bring that only you can bring? And when each of us is freed up to be the space of liberation, it liberates all we come in contact with. See, you don't know what you don't know. That's why we come here, to rub up against each other. And when someone says, you know what? That was a really limited idea that you had. That is not the highest idea of you. 
and you get your feelings hurt, you might say, this is a thrilling experience. If you weren't here last Sunday, I know Reverend Vince is in the house. If you weren't here last Sunday and you have not heard that talk, make sure you make it a priority to go back and hear that talk. I imagine that there are those in this room that spent the week confronted with challenges, circumstances, conditions, and stood squarely before them and said, this is a thrilling experience. It is literally a neurological trick to shift the mind from a paradigm of scarcity and absence to a paradigm of possibility, curiosity, wonder. But if we are living in survival states because of the hamster wheel of life that we're living on, either through our own consumption and the ability to maintain that level of consumption, that would be called debt, or robbing Peter to pay Paul, or you probably have your own version. So either we are creating the survivalist structure because we are living beyond our means, and or we are not taking care of ourselves in the process. So the invitation is to grow spiritually. And that oftentimes requires discomfort. This country is requiring continual discomfort. We love to learn through pain, apparently. You know, you often hear us say here, one of Michael Beckwith's most famous quotes is, pain pushes until vision pulls. And that is true of our individual lives. If we have not created a vision that is big enough for us to step into, life will provide tons of pain to push your butt along. But we have learned all we need to from that. You know, Nathan and I are constantly and and very intentionally right now looking at all of the areas of our lives and saying, what is really in alignment with who we want to be on the planet? I think we're all being invited into that practice more deeply. What is really important to you? Look up from the day-to-day grind. You're not here for survival. You're here to step into the high idea of you. You know, biblically it is said, walk by faith and not by sight. When all we are doing is focusing on that which we can see, which is right before us, very little is possible. But when we look up, we take a breath, we care for ourselves. We can trust and lean into a power and presence greater. There is a power for good on the planet. It is in back of all things. It is that which I call God. It is the presence of spirit, the universe, the infinite nature of life. And it is you. You are it. So just take a deep breath for a moment and close your eyes. And in the spirit of just being in in total 
um, allowing, knowing and trusting that everything is good, even the struggle, even the challenge. Invite the soul of your being to call forward an area of struggle that you are in relationship with. Life is intended to be easy and graceful. We make it hard. So just invite forward in your mind's eye an area that challenges you, that you're ready to be in conscious relationship with. Just ask yourself the question, if I were allowing full support to sweep in around me and this issue, what solutions might show up? Who might I need to talk to? What might I need to ask for? What kind of help and support and assistance might I require to move out of a survival state and into a high idea? Imagine your palm before you. And imagine you've laid there the desires of support that you seek. Now imagine you place your other hand, your other palm, open and receptive. You have offered to the unified field that which you need and want to shift the space of survival into one of possibility. And you allow your other hand to be the recipient of all that's good. Now bring to your mind's eye a struggle, a challenge, a concern that weighs heavy on your heart that exists in the human experience. I invite you to be very specific. And place that challenge, that concern, that grievance in the palm of your hand. And placing your other palm before you, call forward the necessary resources, ideas, solutions. That you are drawing unto yourself 
such that you may be a contribution on the planet. Bringing your hands together in the prayer position before you in your mind's eye. You might choose to do this in your physical body to integrate the practice. Bow to yourself as if you are before you. Bow to the sacred appointment that you have given your life to, the soul's appointment that has called you forward. Bless the circumstances and conditions that seem antithetical to the life you desire. Bless them. And trust that every circumstance, every condition has been rightly ordered for you to be the one to bust through. So what I know and affirm is that we are each here to be a portal for good. We are each here to bust through the present paradigm, the present limitations of consciousness in the human experience. I bless the areas of struggle and resistance of circumstances and conditions that we are each navigating. I offer them up to the Holy Spirit, the whole spirit of life, that it may sweep in through each of us as a portal. A portal for possibility, a portal for, for transmutation, a portal for transformation. I bless the desires of our individual selves. I bless the collective desires for the vision of humanity that we hold. I know and affirm that the moment we say yes to being the point of transformation, everything we need shows up now. I give great thanks for this practice. I give great thanks for this prayer. I give great thanks for the stirring of the soul that's moving in each of us and our willingness to be available to it. I know that when we allow ourselves to be used by the high idea of life, that we are never forgotten or forsaken. I bless these words, I bless these intentions, I bless the heart's desires and the holy visions that we hold. I release this now knowing it is done. And so it is. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for your willingness to be um, curious 